Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. I am excited to do this episode today. Do you have people in your life that you love a lot, but you're struggling to get along with them? Does it seem like they never listen to you or that you continue to repeat yourself to no change? Well, maybe it's not necessarily them, but it could be your perspective on them that's causing more problems. I'm not saying that it's 100% your fault because I'm sure there are very clear things that your loved ones need to do to improve and change on. But how do you want your loved ones to be towards you when you're struggling? Do you want them to continue to point out what you're doing wrong or encourage you and pull the goal that you don't even see in yourself? That's what Jesus does in each one of us. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about what I talk about in my new book, The Brave Encourager, and how we get encouragement wrong and what encouragement is not. Next week, I will dive more into how to encourage, get it right, what we need to do to truly pull the gold. Last week, I talked about how we have relationship shields when we get triggered from other people. I discussed how we either pull away and isolate, we move forward and people please, or move towards with attacking or fighting shame with shame. I end on how we can operate the way that Jesus intends without offense, having compassion towards others, no matter what. I think it's a really good bridge into today's show, which is how we get encouragement all wrong. If you want to know how to get a copy of The Brave Encourager, you can find it on Amazon and simply search The Brave Encourager book. If you'd like a signed copy, please email me at Heidi Mortensen, M-O-R-T-E-N-S-O-N-L-M-F-T.com. I can also give discounts for purchases over five books. Please contact me to make the order. Thank you very much for those who have written reviews. At the time of this show recording, I have 15 Amazon book reviews and 29 ratings for the podcast. If you haven't left a review for the podcast yet and you love the show, please click on your app and download, go down to the ratings and reviews and click right below where it says, write a review. You need to put a title on it and details for it. If it does not need to be long, and I'm grateful for all of them, God gets all the glory. I would not be doing any of this if it wasn't for the Lord. And this is the case for many of you. God is calling you into something different or unique that he desires and wants for you to do. Don't allow what other people think to stop you from walking out in the calling that he has for you. I'm going to start doing these episodes and posting them on YouTube. So please make sure to subscribe, like, share these videos. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn. So make sure to go and follow me on all the social media sites and support and share. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to the show right now. I pray for your presence to be with every single one of the listeners, wherever they are at, however they are feeling. In fact, if any of the listeners are feeling discouraged right now or hopeless, I pray for your glory to come and fall down on them. I bind up the enemy's influence in the name of Jesus and I take authority over them and I say no to the enemy's plan. 
I declare that no weapon formed against them will prosper and that John 10, 10 says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but you have come to bring life and to bring life abundantly. I declare abundance upon each one of the listeners. Open the soil of their hearts to hear your heart today, to truly be open to grow in awareness of the things they could change and grow only because of you, not because of others. I pray for relationship wounds to be healed so they can grow. I pray for transformation today, Lord. Bring the listeners to grow in their awareness wherever they can get encouragement right and show them where they get encouragement wrong, just like you've done to me. Thank you for your grace in this process. Bring the listeners peace, joy, and love. And I pray that I say exactly what the listeners need to hear and that they can let go of anything I say that's not for them. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. So one thing I believe that we do when we are encouraging others, because we think in our mind that we love these people around us and we believe in them. So it's like whatever we say doesn't matter because our heart is good and we love them. Well, this doesn't work. Much of this episode, I'm going to take from chapter five of my book, What Encouragement Is Not?, Sean Covey is quoted saying, isn't it kind of silly to think that tearing someone else builds you up? One of the things that brought me to even write the book, The Brave Encourager, was that I could see myself in these little perpetual problems that didn't change. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was showing me that I was the significant factor in the problem, not the other person. Not that I was the problem, but that my attitude in my heart was. Proverbs 21.2 says that every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Do you have loved ones in your life that seem to keep driving you crazy and they just don't change? Well, I have an example with my husband. A few years ago, when we were in the midst of getting married counseling and learning how to communicate while being on the same page, I was super focused on my husband's moods and what he wasn't doing right. I remember one Saturday, him being, in my mind, a very particularly crabby mood. He was barking about needing to do things in the garage and cleaning up some other things. I felt very stressed because I knew that my kids wanted to play and I couldn't really make him happy and the kids happy. And I'm also really motivated at this time to bring more of the Lord into our life without being too much. I just have all the stress that I'm dealing with. And I remember going up to my husband, hoping to remedy his mood with my suggestions. So here's what I said to him. You know, I remember that weekend when you were in such a good mood. We had so much fun as a family. It would be awesome if you could be that way right now. So how do you think that went? (laughs) I felt like this would go so well and he would gladly remember how his mood was the other weekend and switch right away into a good mood. Does this sound familiar? Not only is this the wrong approach, but it's also the wrong time the wrong attitude, and could potentially lead to an argument. It's unintentional, and it's not my desire, but my eyes and my heart are only seeing from my perspective. It's not the lens that will lead into encouragement. There are many unintentional encouragement misses that we have. The problem is that we're not trying, but that we aren't accurately listening before we speak. When I tried to encourage my husband, I did not first think through how it would be received. I was thinking factually from my point of view, and I would like him to be happy for me. Maybe he's in a bad mood because of me. Did I do something wrong? So I'm analyzing this about myself. Many of us go down this road because of our own insecurities and lack of boundaries. I'm looking at him and I'm focusing on his mood and allowing his mood to influence me. I'm interpreting that he isn't happy based on what 
I think, when he actually could be content or intently focused on something. And I think that what's best for him is that I need to tell him what I think. It's not that he doesn't want my influence or wants to hear me, but my interpretation isn't seeing in the best in him to be able to encourage. It would be better if I just not say anything at all or shift on myself being joyful and bringing the presence of the Lord. I can actually shift the environment if it even needs shifting. I'm not in control of him. What I do have control over on a good day is me. I can give him unconditional love and encouragement consistently without any hooks that benefit me. So in this episode, I'm going to share what encouragement is not. What else do we get wrong? So here are eight things that encouragement is not. And this is what I pull from my book, The Brave Encourager. The first one is that it's not pointing out what others aren't doing right. A very common way that people try to encourage is pointing out what they're doing wrong. Here's some examples. You always leave your shoes out and it drives me crazy. You are so rude to waitresses. You know, if you move a little faster, we could get there faster. I hate cleaning. And so a shift to this would be about the leaving a shoes out. I bought the shoe rack for us to put your shoes on. Can you put them here? When we go inside, I appreciate so much how you put your jacket away every day. We are such a great team. You're still dealing with the issue, but you're not pointing out what they're doing wrong. The next one, you have such a big heart. I remember you left such a big tip to the waitress the last month. You inspire me to be kind to waitresses. So even if there is something that you see that they're doing that you don't like, pointing it out is not encouragement. So either not saying anything at all is better or speaking a truth, which is, yeah, they actually were being kind to people. If people are late, we need to get there at 5 p.m. Do you need help with anything so that we can leave? Okay, and then the last one about cleaning. I don't enjoy cleaning, but I need to get it done. So I'll put some earbuds in and I'll listen to a book while I get this done. I will be happy I did this afterwards. The number two is that it's not gossip. Okay, encouragement is not gossip. I have totally gotten this wrong. You know, when you're concerned about someone and you really love them and you talk about them with your sister or your mom or your brother, you're like, oh, I'm so worried about them. They can't figure things out if they would just do this, this, and this. And you say all these things that you think they should do. And the person that you're talking to is like, yeah, I totally agree. And you feel like you saved the world. You're not. It's gossip. It's not encouragement. In fact, a lot of times when you do this, the word spoken over this person can actually perpetuate the problem and make it worse. Your intention's good. You're concerned, but your words cause more problems and help. When you're concerned about someone and you find yourself wanting to talk to them about something, it's important to identify where's your heart in this. Really slow down to assess. Okay. What's your goal? Many times we jump quickly to where you're concerned. What about what the Holy Spirit is saying? Okay, Matthew 10, 19 says, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. My encouragement is talk to people directly. Don't talk behind their back. And if you do something, make repairs and apologize where needed. Repent to the Lord about it. Walking with integrity is brave. The third one is that it's not positive thinking. I can't even count how many times after giving someone a compliment and an encouraging word, I've heard this, oh, Heidi, you're so positive. You're so sweet to me. You're so optimistic. And they communicate these words really kind of from a distance. I know it's nice. So I'm not saying that what they're saying, it's not rude, but stay with me here. They're actually keeping me at an emotional distance and they're admiring how kind I am and not accepting the word. That's not really the intent. So what's wrong with this? Even though they're being kind, they aren't allowing themselves to actually receive the word for their own benefit. They feel that they're being like, it's humble to not receive it. I know that this might be confusing for some of you. 
I'm not saying this is in all situations. I know this can get confusing, but they're just missing my words as positive thinking or optimism. So they're resting in the fact that I'm the one who is really getting all the glory. They determine that the words aren't really true and that it's just me being positive and me being kind. The words don't have any power or meaning to them because it's being reduced to the strength of me or you or whoever it is in saying it. Encouragement is not the same as positive thinking. We need to learn how to practice receiving love from others. This is how God wants us to be. Freely receive, freely you give. We have to start with receiving. And that means receiving God's love. It means receiving love from others. We need to be able to, and it's vulnerable to do this, but we need to be able to do this. This is one of the keys of the kingdom of God. A better response to a compliment or encouraging word is to just simply say thank you. When we thank someone, we're acknowledging and we're receiving it for ourselves. It allows that other person to actually be encouraged that they were able to give that encouraging word and you were able to receive it. So we both get blessed and God gets the glory. There's an online article that talks about what positive thinking is, and it says that it's an optimistic attitude as the practice of focusing on the good in any given situation. It's the way your mind thinks. Encouragement is different. It's the act of giving someone support, confidence, or hope. If we see encouragement just as positive thinking, it closes the possibility of the power of the Holy Spirit. So we need to be giving God glory, receive it, so that he can keep becoming bigger in each one of our lives. So the next one, number four, is that encouragement is not being in fear for others' well-being. Let's say that you have a problem. You confide with someone else. Now you have more problems because of their emotional issues and their fear for what it is that you shared with them. Parents actually do this and not even realize that they're doing this. The motivation behind their words is in fear of their own heart because they love their children, but it isn't allowing their children to experience encouragement and love. It's their fear that they have about it. So we need to really recognize where our heart is before we speak, before we talk to other people. We need to slow down and ask ourselves what we're motivated by before we communicate. Are you afraid for them? It's totally okay if you are. There's nothing wrong with feeling that, but we don't want to speak from that place of fear. It causes more harm. It's really our own fear that comes out. So it may make us feel better to temporarily speak out, but long-term it causes destruction. It causes harm to you, the other person, and the relationship. Remember, other people's fear is not your fear. They are not encouraging you the way that they intend. Your feelings matter and you matter. When you can understand this, it allows you to really be free from taking other people's fear or even just other emotions on as your own. Number five is that encouragement is not the past dictating the future. Has anyone ever told you that people don't change? I'm here to tell you that the past does not dictate the future and people can and do change. When I learned how to have bigger faith, I started to see the power of my words and what they had on others for good or bad. Just because I might have the gift of encouragement doesn't mean I don't hurt other people. When we live in the belief that the past predicts the future and people don't change, we can cause more problems. When we believe in the belief that the past predicts the future and people don't change, we can cause more problems. Decide right now to believe that everyone can learn from something from their past, that your past will serve you in the future, and that this is true for others in your sphere of influence. Remember, God doesn't waste anything. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. It can be hard for us to not speak directly what's in front of us and what we feel and experience, but we need to train ourselves to speak what God says about it. This is true for ourselves and also for others, especially if it's not what we're seeing at the time. 
This is essentially how miracles happen. God gives life to the dead and call those things which do not exist as though they did. Romans 4.17. Number six is that encouragement is not what we feel. This is similar to what I just said, but our feelings can really take over and it can be so hard when they're big. You know, when you're not getting along with someone and you feel like it's always going to be like that, or you're so angry and you are, you have this like passionate decision and you really truly believe that that's the best decision for them. Well, a lot of times this can be the in the moment feeling, all right? It's not necessarily going to be like that forever. Emotions come and go. They're not always going to be big. And it takes a skill to be able to learn how to have that wisdom, to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and give you wisdom in those emotional moments. The reason why I talk about this is because sometimes we believe we're encouraging to other people by speaking how we feel, when in fact, it's only for our own benefit. Remember I talked about, it's not about fear. It's very similar to that. We're essentially trying to process what's going on within us because we don't like the feeling. And so then we speak it out, hoping this will help us, but it actually makes the other person feel worse. Let's say you have somebody, friend that really wants to start their own business and it costs a lot of money. And you honestly feel that this would not be a good decision. And you tell them that, well, that might not be the best thing to speak because you're wanting to be cautious for them. You care about them, but we need to ask the Lord, okay, how should I communicate that? Because that could just squash their dream if you just communicate that. So not always speaking what we feel isn't really the best thing to do. It's important that we take time, process our feelings with the Lord, journal about it, really kind of take some time, declare the word of God over it so that we can really allow our feelings to get to that wise place and then speak out what we need to do. And it's okay still if our emotions show up. That's part of the Lord uses our emotions. But it's important that we still think through it. Is this what the Holy Spirit wants for me to say? So not just doing it in the spur of the moment. The next one is that encouragement is not being weak or passive. Unfortunately, with encouragement, there's really not a right or wrong way to speak. You can get it wrong like I have many times. We could be planting a seed with someone or watering a plant. So there's many different types of encouragement. There's an awesome video that Danny Silk has, and it's called How to Really Help Someone with a Problem. And he talks about that the only person I can control on a good day is myself. I kind of said that earlier in this episode, but this is really, really important. This is why a lot of times we get encouragement wrong. Sometimes being silent is more powerful than speaking, even if we have this passion that we want to encourage someone. Sometimes just being there for someone is really, really powerful and all that they need. Nonverbal encouragement can be just as powerful as verbal. I've had some people convincingly say that they had to say something. You know, just like what I talked about before, the emotions, they're bubbling up so much inside that they feel the need to get get it out there. This actually is a form of being aggressive, okay? You're not actually walking through and allowing yourself to be in that assertive place, okay? See, there's assertive, there's passive, and then there's aggressive. And we wanna work towards being assertive and very clear with the Lord. This is wisdom. And so the opposite of aggressive, like I said, is passive. Passive is not saying anything because of fear. It's continuing to look at and think about something, but not taking action. There may be a desire to say something, but you don't. The key to recognizing if you should or should say something is to first step out of the situation emotionally. Try to see it like an outsider. And this takes some of those intense emotions out of it. And then ask yourself if it will help or hurt by saying something in the short term and the long term. What 
is the more effective impact in the long run. Also, what does your heart desire? Personally, I ask the Holy Spirit, what should I do? Okay, when there's perfect peace for me in that choice, then I follow through with it no matter how the person responds. Okay, this is a lot of times I think why we resort to gossip because we're too afraid to be assertive because we don't know how the other person's going to respond and we're kind of afraid of that. And so we then go to this passive aggressiveness or we then go gossip behind people's back. But being assertive is having clear communication. It's not making people assume what you're thinking then getting angry if they don't read your mind. If you struggle with this, I recommend for you not say anything at first and then just learn how to be more assertive and love yourself. Know that you have good things to say, that you're wise and you're smart and you're very capable. It can be extremely harmful to be passive and it's equally harmful for us to always speak out when you feel that something's wrong or that you think you need to speak out, you're doing this wrong, or I don't like what you're doing, and and you feel like you're encouraging and making a difference in the world, when really you're speaking out and pulling dirt that doesn't need to be. We need to shift to speaking the gold and pulling the gold in people. Being assertive can really leave people incredibly wounded and hopeless. Excuse me, I meant being aggressive. Has that happened to you before? If you know you have done this with people in the past, just give yourself grace. You've done the best you can with what you've known at the time. And so the last one that encouragement is not is it's not a side gift. It can be often overlooked as not important. Then, oh, you you have the gift of encouragement. Oh, you're so sweet. That's so nice of you. But if we allow ourselves to focus on that lie, it can really be draining. We can get exhausted. Encouragement can be the single thing that moves someone into their destiny or out of a really bad decision. It can literally change lives in the world. We need to stay encouraged so that we can give out love that naturally flows from us and who we are. So it's this natural outflow of how God made us to be. So I pray that this episode has helped to unlock things in your heart for you to see things differently, to really open up to see what is it that I do that's not encouragement that I thought it was. Perhaps maybe you thought you were encouraging in some area and you weren't. You're speaking your emotions too much, not asking the Holy Spirit before you speak. Maybe your heart was really good, but you're speaking more from your own perspective like I have instead of God's. I don't want you to get discouraged from this episode or from seeing something that you did wrong. Remember, the enemy wants you to have these little secrets stay under a rock. And so really what I'm doing in this episode is exposing things so that we can bring light to what the Lord wants us to do. So just simply forgive yourself. Just say, God, I repent for pointing out what people are doing wrong instead of pulling out the gold. He forgives you. He forgives me. That's all he wants is just a genuine and open heart. Your heart desires to uplift and bring life to other people. Focus on where your heart has been at, even if you've missed it at times. Don't give up. Continue to keep encouraging and speaking life into other people. Helen Keller has said that the best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with the heart. This is what encouragement does. Some questions to ask yourself. As you move on through this week, where is your heart when you're engaging with other people? Where's your intent? Are you more concerned about how you feel? What do you think motivates what you're speaking? What is your heart? Maybe also think, how's your relationship with the other person? You want to really be truly connected with them, having spent quality time with them and that the relationship is strong and that there is trust. 
So Holy Spirit, we just thank you for this time. I pray blessings on each one of the listeners as they move throughout the week. I pray that you help bring awareness to times where maybe they've gotten encouragement wrong and that you flip it, Lord Jesus, so that they can start to see other people in their life the way that you do. I pray that you give them eyes to see and ears to hear, just like what you talk about in Ephesians, that we are made in the image of God. We have the mind of Christ. It's no longer us who lives, but it's you who lives in us. And I pray, God, that you give the listener strength and courage to be able to walk out and speak encouragement to people in their life the way that you intend, the way that you want us to. And I pray, Lord, that you encourage the listeners, that you have given them the gift of encouragement, that they are kind, they are loving, they're able to bring joy. But most importantly, Lord, they get to just be themselves. They're not going to be me. They're not going to be anybody else. That They're going to be you, the me that you created them to be and that you love who they are. They're enough right as they are in this moment, however they feel that they are enough because they are a child of God. That that identity of being a little kid is the most important thing that we just go humbly to you and we say, have your way, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so God, I thank you, Lord, for the blessings and the abundant fruit that is growing in the listeners' lives right now over their family, over their relationships, over their work, their passions, and that especially, Lord, that your hunger just grows within them. Thank you, Lord, for the honor of being able to spend this time with you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.